0: Your Bible we read together for the message only those final four three verses of judges chapter 13. Speaking of, this is Manoah, the scripture says, Manoah's wife said unto him, if the Lord were pleased to kill us, he would not have received a burnt offering and a meat offering at our hands. Neither would he have showed us all these things, nor would, as at this time, have told us such things as these. And the woman bare a son, and called his name Samson. And the child grew. And the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Eshtel. I'll turn there in a moment for the message. If you would, with me again, please stand saying 162. Mm-hmm. Says, I sing, which sovereign love hath spoken, nor will the eternal King his words of grace revoke. They stand secure. And steadfast still not Zion's hill abides so sure. The mountains melt away when once the judge appears. And sun and moon decay that measure mortal years. But still the same In radiant lies The promise shines Through all the flame Their harmony shall sound Through my attentive ears When thunders clean the ground And Dissipate the spheres, midst all the shock on that dread scene, I stand serene, thy word, my rock. Be seated for the glorious hymn of testimony. Concerning the promises of God. Title of the message this morning. The Spirit of the Lord began to move. As well as the text that I put in your bulletin. I would read also. To you the one verse in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 32 where the writer of the Hebrews to the Hebrews is enumerating that great inventory of grace, sovereign electing, effectual grace and in that list of inventory of recipients of that grace we find these words in verse 32 and what shall I say more for the time would fail to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Samson I know that many of you not the least of which is my own wife have waited with eager anticipation for me to come finally to take up this much debated Record of this intriguing character, Samson. And many of you have waited with anticipation to see what a treatment may look like concerning this man. And we have finally arrived Here in these last two verses of chapter 13, he is introduced to us at last, not just by way of promise and prophecy, but by way of actual historical record. But before we launch out into a detailed exposition of this amazing story, and since Even the smallest of our children are somewhat familiar, no doubt, with his exploits. I wanted to relieve at least some possible tensions surrounding this man's life by setting before you a few General observations, which I hope will circumvent errors and give us a more sound perspective as we proceed with that exposition. And so then I would give you some, if you desire to use this terminology, I would give you some broad considerations for looking at the life of this man Samson. First and most obvious, there is his name. In the Hebrew, his name means little son, S-U-N, little son. And it may have had in the minds of Mrs. Manoah and Mr. Manoah, it may have had one or both of two possible intentions, naming him a little son. They may have had in mind that in his person is the rising on the horizon of Israel's Deliverance spoken of in verse 5. Like coming, getting up from our rest and darkness and going out and looking and seeing the sun beginning to appear over the horizon. Maybe in this name they possibly envision something to that effect, something along those lines that here finally Finally, on the horizon is this little sun that begins to shine. Or they may have named him that as a symbol. The sun, of course, always intimating and being a symbol of warmth and a rising health. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. Maybe they named him little son because they saw in him a symbol of the warmth, giving help in the sure mercies of God. Maybe they were thinking that finally the winter of slavery is past and springtime of victory has well until the begun. Maybe they had that in mind. Whatever it was they had in their thoughts, it's sure his name means little son. S-U-N. Because of Samson's checkered career in God's service, some commentators have viewed him most unfavorably. And one even called him an enigmatic brute in the Old Testament. I confess that personally, I do not agree with that harsh and doleful assessment of his life and career. Nevertheless, we shall surely see. That his service for God. Was certainly unworthy of the grandeur of his birth. You remember the grandeur of it. <laughs> a woman who's been barren. and Not bearing children. Is at her work in a field. And thee. Angel, chapter A, the angel of the Lord appeared to her and spoke to her, declared to her the miracle that she would have, in fact, a child, and that that child would be the beginning of God's deliverance for Israel, and what a shocking thing is this. She runs to her husband and tells him, and he goes to the place of prayer, begs for more life, and the help of God in this thing and here comes this angel of the Lord back again and speaks to them. They offer to him a sacrifice and he is consumed before their very eyes, carried up into the heavens in the flame of the sacrifice. What a scene. What a glorious scene. What a shocking experience, no doubt. Reminiscent as it is it not? of that experience of Zacharias and Elizabeth and of Mary in Luke chapter 1. Very very much it reminds us of of those experiences that they had there when the Lord appeared to them with these messages. What a glorious thing is all of this. What a scene is all of this. And our expectations because of that are made to be very high and great anticipation. But it proves not to be so in his life. There's a side lesson for us here in passing. Oh yes, there's a great graphic lesson for us here. God often does great works for us. Only see them spoiled in our carnal hands. Our God often does great works, yes, even miracles for us Only to see them come to nothing. Spoiled in our carnal hands. I said to you his service for God was unworthy of the grandeur of his birth. You know as I know that the history, all of the history of that Old Testament church is freighted with examples of this truth that God often does great works for us only to see them spoilt in our carnal hands. But further, by way of general comment and I would give you this very important point to keep in mind. Keep in mind. As we look at this record of Samson. Samson had a supernatural. God sent. gift Of the spirit. That is visitations. Supernatural visitations of his spirit to which verse 25 begins to enumerate his activity. Samson had a supernatural, I said God sent gift of visitations of the Holy Spirit to accomplish a specific calling. But remember this. While he had a very supernatural gift, this gift and this calling had in it very little of the ordinary graces of holiness that usually accompany such gifts. We will find in the life of Samson that although he had this God-sent supernatural gift, it was not accompanied with holiness we usually expect to find with such gifts someone said inspiration assumes various forms in the scripture in Samson it brought neither the grace of purity nor the gift of prophecy hmm. Inspiration assumes various forms in the scripture. And in Samson, it brought neither the grace of purity nor the gift of prophecy. Someone said he would have been a nobler man if he had sought the Spirit of God to help him spiritually as he was wont to do to help him physically. May I just say again by way of a sidelight here on this general observation? There are very few men who ever achieve a balance between gifts and graces. Very few are the men in history, even in the sacred record, that ever achieve a balance. Between gifts and graces. Adersham Surely encompassed. The whole of Samson's career. When he said this. In the generalized statement. He said if the period of the judges. Reached its highest point in Samson. The Nazarite. It sunk to its lowest in Samson the man of carnal lusts and unbridled passions. This is the amazing component of this life of Samson. He embodies the greatest things that Israel ever embodied and yet in the same man. He sunk to the lowest. The great Southern Baptist scholar, Merle F. Hunger, uh, Unger, Merle F. Unger, summarized Samson very well when he said this. The mention of Samson's name in the list, in Hebrews 11.32, his name in that list of ancient worthies, which the scripture says there, who had by faith obtained an excellent repute, warrants us in a favorable estimate of his character as a whole. And yet the inspired narrative records infirmities that must forever mar the luster of his, historic, his heroic deeds. In Samson the Nazarite, we see a man towering in supernatural strength through his firm faith in and confident reliance upon the gift of God committed to him. But on the other hand, we see in Samson an adventurous, foolhardy, passionate, and willful man dishonoring and frittering away that god-given power by making it subservient to his own lust all in the one man but if I may by way of one final general observation it must be noted it must be noted by us. Whatever the remainder of this record reveals to us in his doings, it must be noted and must not be undervalued that God in Samson began indeed to work mightily in Israel. Verse 25, And the Spirit of the Lord began to move him. We dare not miss the value of this. Whatever else the record contains, whatever else disturbs our observations, we must not forget that it was in this man something. God began indeed to work in Israel. The word there used, move, intrigued me. It's a Hebrew word that literally means to quiver. To quiver. As with someone overtaken either by fear or rage. Have you ever been or have you ever seen a man so Full of rage at his body's quivering. That's the meaning of the Hebrew word here. Here, here in Samson. Here in this sanctified vessel. Broken, yes he is. Marred, yes he is. Undesirable, yes he is. Improbable vessel, yes he is. But God's vessel nonetheless. And in that vessel, God began to quiver to recover his people. Such was his rage that he began to quiver to deliver and recover his people and his name in the earth. God began to move. Hallelujah. I would invite you to focus as we look at this record not on the man but on the God who impelled him. Whatever may be our thoughts, whatever may be our misgivings with this vessel, whatever our reservations and our disapprovals may be, God in him has set about a good work of recovering Israel. Hallelujah. Oh, look not not, look not at the vessel. Look not at the vessel. But look at the God of the vessel. And the woman bare a son, verse 24, and called his name Samson, little son. The child grew and the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move him. At times... The camp of Dan between Zora and Ashtel. Here in verse twenty four and twenty five is surely declared is surety declared of the fulfillment of all of our God's promises in even in the face of fear. God has begun to fulfill His promises. And my, my, there was so much fear, no doubt. Manoah feared. You remember the words, of verse 22, and Manoah said to his wife, we shall surely die. He feared for his very life at one point. No doubt Mrs. Manoah feared when first she saw that angel and he spoke to her, oh yes, fear, fear, fear on every hand in this record. Fear on every hand in this record. But now, now, some nine months have transpired between verse 23 and verse 24. And now, God begins to make good on his promises. Oh, hallelujah. God has begun to make good on his promises. The hymn writer, Blessed Samuel Medley, said, God shall alone the refuge be comfort of my mind. Too wise to be mistaken, he too good to be unkind. In all his holy sovereign will, he is our daily find. Too wise to be mistaken, still too good to be unkind. When I the tempter's rage endure, tis God supports my mind. Too wise to be mistaken, sure, too good to be unkind. Though I cannot his goings see. No doubt that's what Manoah and his wife experienced. I could not his goings see nor all his footsteps find. Too wise to be mistaken. He too good to be unkind. Hereafter he will make me know and I shall surely find. (laughs) He was too wise to err. Oh, too good to be unkind. God begins to make good on his promises. John Newton said, Why should I fear the darkest hour or tremble at the tempter tempter's power? Jesus vouchsafes to be my power. Though all the flocks and herds were dead, my soul of famine need not dread, for Jesus is my living bread. I know not what may soon be tied, or how my wants shall be supplied, but Jesus knows and will provide. Though sin will fill me with distress, the throne of grace I dare address. For Jesus is my righteousness. Though faint my prayers and cold my love. My steadfast hope shall not remove. While Jesus intercedes above. Against me earth and hell combined. But on my side is power divine. Jesus is all and he is mine. He'll make good. On his promises. Oh God in our text. God in our text. Has begun in earnest. To demonstrate his faithfulness. The promises of God are yea and amen. And they're beginning to be seen so. And now in just a very brief treatment if I may. Of these final two verses in chapter 13. I would give you three considerations on the promises of our God. Three considerations from this text on the promises of our God. I give you these to our souls. Sustenance number one. I take from this text that the promises of our God are always delivered. Oh, the promises of our God are always delivered. Look at verse 24 again. And the woman bare a son. <laughs> oh, yes, there had been fears of multitude of them. Oh, yes, there had been uncertainty. How could this little child begin the work to deliver Israel? Oh, yes, there had been waiting nine months. At least we know. There had been fears. There had been uncertainty. There had been waiting. But now God delivers and she bears us from. God delivers. (laughs) That word bear in the Hebrew. Well, the the Hebrew and Greek languages, their words are so much more full than ours. In English, that little word bear in that verse 24 literally means labored to a delivery. Amen. <laughs> hey I mean, if she didn't just get to the threshold. I mean, she labored to a delivery. Hallelujah. I don't know what that means to you. But I want you to know that our God delivers on his promises. And he will deliver. He will labor to a delivery. Hallelujah. He's not going to stop short. The promises of God are to a delivery. <laughs> Oh, away with this false doctrine nonsense that God starts a work in a man's heart and does all he can and struggles and works and struggles and works and then after all, he just abandons, he just can't accomplish it, he just can't get it done. God just wrings his hands and walks off. Away with that nonsense. When God sets his hand to a work, when God delivers a promise, he will deliver it. He will labor to a delivery. Oh yes, you know it well. Our God's promises, those that wait on Him, He will not fail them. Psalm 27 and verse 13, I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on! Oh, we struggle with that, do we not, Brother John? We struggle with that. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage while you're waiting. He shall strengthen that heart, thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Same writer, Psalm, 37 and verse 34 he said wait on the Lord and keep his way and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land when the wicked are cut off thou shalt see it because the promises of God will be delivered she bare a son Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Hallelujah. Promises of God, I say to you. Promises of God are always delivered. She bare a son. <laughs> Secondly, from this text, I say to you that the promises of God are always sustained. Oh, God doesn't have a build a house to see it torn down. What God begins, He'll maintain. The promises of God are always sustained. Look at verse 24 again. And the woman bare a son and called his, called his name Samson. And the child grew. Hallelujah. The child grew. Sure he did. The child grew. He advanced in stature. And excelled. He grew. Can I just tell you this? You put it down. You put it down. You put it down. Anything that's not growing is dead. Anything that's not growing is dead. The child grew, hallelujah. Because the promises of God are not only delivered, they are sustained. Samson grew. <laughs> oh, yes, of course he Because the promises of God are sustained. Even our Lord Jesus Christ. In his humanity. Grew. Luke chapter 2 and verse 40 says. And the child grew. In wisdom. Sorry. The child grew and waxed strong. In spirit. Luke chapter 2 and verse 52 said, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with man. Even the Lord Jesus in his humanity grew. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I'm telling you, the promises of God guarantee that they will be sustained. They will be delivered and they will be sustained. Child grew. surely you don't believe, I hope, no one in this congregation ever comes to a place where they believe that they've arrived to full maturity just because you've mastered the knowledge of some set of doctrines. I hope you're not so shallow that you think that. Because you've mastered... The knowledge of some set of doctrines. You've arrived at maturity. No. The work of God goes on. And you need to grow. Promises of God are not only delivered. They're sustained. The child grew. Hallelujah. What a promise. But finally now. I will give you. Thirdly. That the promises of God. Always bear fruit. When they're delivered and when they're sustained, they bear fruit. Verse 25. And the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord began to move him at times. In the camp of Dan between Zora and Eskid. Es- Tail law. The promises of God bear fruit. Oh dear Manoah, whatever this thing may look like, brother Manoah, whatever it is from your perspective, walk away with this confidence. Fruit is on its way. (laughs) Oh yes. Fruit is on its way. The Spirit of God has begun already. To bear fruit. In this promised child. Could I just say. On a little side road. What a joy it is for a young parent. Any parent. Old parent. What a joy it is when they see early signs of God working in their child. What a joy. (laughs) You mothers experience that sometimes when you're giving your little Bible lessons to the little bitty ones. And all of a sudden along comes something out of their mouth you didn't expect. Early signs that God is speaking to them. Oh, what a blessing. This dear child. Early signs God is bearing fruit. Oh, <laughs> Psalm 100. And twenty six, the psalmist said, "When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that drink. Then was our mouth filled with laughter, our tongue sing. They since then said they among the heathen the Lord had done great things for them." The Lord hath done great things for us. (laughs) Whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south, they that sow in tears, shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing bearing the sheaves. With him, I'm telling you, the promises of God will not fail to bear fruit. How many were the dark nights in Manoah's life before these days? How many were the long labors of Mrs. Manoah in those fields alone before these days? Oh, how many were the harsh times of cruelty, of violence, of slavery before this time. But now, but now, the promises of God always bear fruit. In this text... The Spirit of the Lord began to move in him. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord began to move in him. Promises of God. Can I just tell you, he's the same today. He hasn't changed. Same today. Same forever. The promises of God will be delivered. Promises of God will be sustained. Promises of God will bear fruit. Oh, how blessed well did the hymn writer say in the 1700s. Away my needless fears and doubts, no longer mine. A ray of heavenly light appeared. A messenger divine. Thrice comfortable hope. That, claim, that calms my troubled breast. My father's hand prepares the cup. And what he wills is best. If what I wish is good. And suits the will divine. By earth and hell in vain withstood, I know it shall be mine. Still let me them counsel take, still let them counsel take to frustrate his decree. They cannot keep a blessing back by heaven designed for me. (laughs) Here then I doubt no more, but in his pleasure rest, whose wisdom, love, and truth and power engage to make me blessed. To accomplish his design, the creatures all agree, and all the attributes divine are now at work for me, yes, sir, yes, sir, testify, brother, yes, sing it out, hallelujah, to accomplish his design, the creatures all agree. And all the attributes divine are now at work for me. Hallelujah. The promises of God will be delivered, they will be sustained, and they will bear fruit. And the testimony is accorded in this passage. The promises. Stand with me. We shall sing of it. When we sing the words of number 160. The truth of God shall still endure and firm His promise. Stand. Believing souls may rest secure in His almighty hand. Stand with me and sing 160. The truth of God shall still endure.